This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit www.librivox.org. Chapter 14. Mr. De Courcy to Sir Reginald. Churchill. My dear sir, I have this moment received your letter, which has given me more astonishment than I ever felt before. I am to thank my sister, I suppose, for having represented me in such a light as to injure me in your opinion, and give you all this alarm. I know not why she should choose to make herself and her family uneasy by apprehending an event which no one but herself, I can affirm, would ever have thought possible. To impute such a design to Lady Susan would be taking from her every claim to that excellent understanding which her bitterest enemies have never denied her and equally low must sink my pretensions to common sense if I am suspected of matrimonial views in my behavior to her. Our difference of age must be an insuperable objection, and I entreat you, my dear father, to quiet your mind and no longer harbor a suspicion which cannot be more injurious to your own peace than our understandings. I can have no other view in remaining with Lady Susan than to enjoy for a short time, as you have yourself expressed it, the conversation of a woman of high intellectual powers. If Mrs. Vernon would allow something to my affection for herself and her husband in the length of my visit, she would do more justice to us all. But my sister is unhappily prejudiced beyond the hope of conviction against Lady Susan. From an attachment to her husband, which in itself does honor to both, she cannot forgive the endeavors at preventing their union, which have been attributed to selfishness in Lady Susan. But in this case, as well as in many others, the world has most grossly injured that lady by supposing the worst where the motives in her conduct have been doubtful. Lady Susan had heard something so materially to the disadvantage of my sister as to persuade her that the happiness of Mr. Vernon, to whom she was always much attached, would be wholly destroyed by the marriage. And the circumstance, while it explains the true motive of Lady Susan's conduct, and removes all the blame which has been so lavished on her, may also convince us how little the general report of anyone ought to be credited, since no character, however upright, can escape the malevolent of slander. If my sister, in the security of retirement, with as little opportunity as inclination to do evil, could not avoid censure, we must not rashly condemn those who, living in the world and surrounded with temptations, should be accused of errors which they are known to have the power of committing. I blame myself severely for having so easily believed the slanderous tales invented by Charles Smith to the prejudice of Lady Susan, as I am now convinced how greatly they have traduced her. As to Mrs. Mainwaring's jealousy, it was totally his own invention, and his account of her attaching Miss Mainwaring's lover was scarcely better founded. Sir James Martin had been drawn in by that young lady to pay her some attention, and as he is a man of fortune, it is easy to see her views extended to marriage. It is well known that Miss M. is absolutely on the catch for her husband, and no one can therefore pity her for losing, by the superior attractions of another woman, the chance of being able to make worthy man completely wretched. Lady Susan was far from intending such a conquest and on finding how warmly Miss Mainwaring's resented her lover's disaffection, determined, in spite of Mr. and Mrs. Mainwaring's most urgent entreaties, to leave the family. I have reason to imagine she did receive serious proposals from Sir James, but her removing to Langford, immediately on the discovery of his attachment, must acquit her on that article with any mind of common candor. You will, I am sure, my dear sir, feel the truth of this and will hereby learn to do justice to the character of a very injured woman. I know that Lady Susan is coming to Churchill, was governed only by the most honorable and amiable intentions. Her prudence and economy are exemplary. Her regard for Mr. Vernon equal to his deserts. 
and her wish of obtaining my sister's good opinion merits a better return than it is received. As a mother, she is unexceptionable. Her solid affection for her child is shown by placing her in hands where her education will be properly attended to. But because she is not the blind and weak partiality of most mothers, she is accused of wanting maternal tenderness. Every person of sense, however, will know how to value and commend her well-directed affection, and will join me in wishing that Frederica Vernon may prove more worthy than she has done of her mother's tender care. I have now, my dear father, written my real sentiments of Lady Susan. You will know from this letter how highly I admire her abilities, and esteem her character. But if you are not equally convinced of my full and solemn assurance that your fears have been most idly created, you will deeply mortify and distress me. I am R. de Courcy. This has been a LibriVox recording of Lady Susan, a novel by Jane Austen, read for LibriVox by Kevin Cade.